0: Hey, what's up everybody, welcome to Simplified, It is the podcast brought to you by Training Simplified, where we examine trends, events, happenings in the restaurant industry, and try to simplify the complex. Today, I am really stoked to be chatting with Eric Oberholzer, who is a co-founder of Tender Greens, a fine casual brand that was based out of, Los, is based out of Los Angeles. Um, he's also the author of a book called 10 Year Plan, and in 2019, he joined a creative agency, Cohere, where he acts as an advisor to founders of Conscious Brands. Eric, what's up, man? Welcome. Hey, happy to be here. How you doing? <laughs> um, let's, let's, just, let's just dive right in, because I, I live in Southern California. Um, I'm in Orange County, so I've had the pleasure of being to Tender Greens, but not, yeah. everybody, not everybody listening and not all the people where you live, certainly, have had, have had the pleasure of doing that. Um, when you walk into a Tender Greens, what makes it different? Than, than when you walk in other places.
1: Well, I think you know from the the very beginning, um, Tender Greens was meant to be, uh, you know, sort of the place that you would uh, you would feel as though you're you're at home, um, both in you know sort of the residential style and design, um, but also the food, the kind of food that you would want to eat on a daily basis, if you had time to go to the farmers market or the fish market and prepare it with the, the thoughtfulness and skill of the chef. Um, so it's very simple food, but when you walk in, it's bright, it's airy, it's decidedly um, breezy and it invites you to, to stay a while if, if, uh, you know, if you have time, but certainly will get you in and out if, if you're in a rush and the the kitchen's open. We really wanted to communicate um, that you know, we had real chefs working, that we were cooking from scratch, uh, and and you'll 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 be hit with the abundance of fresh produce and grilled meats right off the grill. So both uh, you know visually, um, and I think when you walk in, you know just the smell of the grilled meats and the and the, the clean. Smell of the uh, the produce is is something that uh, would be unique to to tender greens.
0: You, you mentioned that it's it's run by a chef, and that's something you guys are big on. Is you you trained as a chef? You were a chef by trade originally. Um, and what does that mean that each each restaurant is run by an executive chef? Like how how does that make it different than other fine casual well, think- or fast casual brands? Mm-hmm
1: most uh most brands um, might have a culinary director and then they have managers or others who are running the the the, the restaurant. Um, we were very unique uh, from the get-go, uh, believing that we could we could we could build this brand uh, based on a on an organic local supply chain. And the talent, um, and 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 attention to detail, and passion for food uh, that a chef brings to any restaurant, um, so that the restaurant was led more like a chef operator uh, than you know a res- restaurant that was um, you know was sort of. Uh, uh, executing on 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 somebody else's recipes who was in a in a, in a test kitchen somewhere, um, so that gave us a lot of uh, culinary flexibility. If someone came in with live sea urchins, our chefs knew what to do with it. Um, we you know down in Orange County where where you're at you know we had um, we had a farmer uh, who was literally about a mile up the street from our our restaurant in Irvine. And every morning he would, he would harvest and then bring it over and that would dictate the, the specials for the day for that one location. Uh, so we, we, we we were able to really innovate at the, at the location level. Um, and, and it was only done because, you know, we had the chefs who, who had the same pedigree as, as me and Matt,
0: that's really amazing and you also that's putting a lot of trust in um in a lot of different chefs when you when you start to grow, right? When you start to scale. Um and when you get gets to the point where you you and Matt can't be in restaurants every <laughs> every day and you're you're relying on a leadership team. Um yeah. Did that does that change things as you started to grow?
1: You know, we we solved for that, um, conceptually. So we had, uh, you know, both Matt and I had been, you know, working for 10 years in California as chefs, um, had, had developed a lot of talent under us. Uh, and, and whether it was our leadership style or our approach to food, um, we had quite a few, few folks who, uh, who sort of lined up, put their name on the list, um, so that as we opened restaurants, uh, we we had what, what I used to call sleeper cells of talent uh, across California, who nice. were ready to to activate when when we were ready for them. So, you know, the you know, the early years, maybe the the first you know four or five years, um, we we had very very talented people coming out of fine dining, who. Aligned with our values, uh, we had trained uh, in a previous life, and we just needed to to train them up on on tender greens because it, you know it's 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 different uh, than fine dining, and you know it takes a minute to to get used to it. And also, um, you know, giving these guys an opportunity uh, to become entrepreneurs uh, versus just chefs because there's a you know part of our motivation for for doing tender greens was we understood that chefs like athletes sort of have a shelf life and and there comes a point in your life where the hours and 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 just the the, the heavy lifting is not sustainable so you have to you have to kind of go into coaching or broadcasting or something um you know if you're gonna if you're gonna stay in this business uh long term and and, and therefore, we wanted to create a pathway uh, for ourselves, but also for those who joined us, um, to evolve beyond beyond the kitchen into, um, you know, uh, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship, um, and and also ex- executive uh, management. So they they they, they developed skills uh, with us uh, beyond the kitchen.
0: So you were really not just developing chefs you were identifying chefs and developing entrepreneurs business yeah that's really unique and it it's so that even hearing you say that just makes helps kind of set up for somebody who maybe doesn't understand how or why you took the jump to your next step um of what you're doing now and advising founders of what you what's described as conscious brands or even helping scaling um innovative food systems tell me this just seems like a natural jump from what you were doing, um, from restaurant to restaurant at tender greens into what you're doing now with these brands sort of across, across the country. Um, what, what does that mean to help, uh, to advise a founder? Or what does it even mean to, to be working with a, a conscious brand? How do you define that?
1: Well, a conscious brand is one that looks at, you know, the, some of the challenges out there, uh, whether it's climate change, whether it's, um, you know, type 2 diabetes or, or obesity, um, or, uh, or 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 some other issues uh, uh, that that we're trying to tackle in the world and, and that food is is a contributor to hmm. and and I think we have opportunities as conscious leaders in the, in the food space uh, to be part of the solution um, in, in whatever way we can. Whether it's through our supply chain, whether it's uh, the manner in which we develop a culture that um, that that really cares for everybody, not just the the, the customer, or the investor or the empl- uh, employee, but uh, the farmer, or the you know, I always said the, the guy that we need to really take care of is is, is the person who comes in to pick up our our dirty towels every, every week, like the dirtiest jobs, you know, the people behind those jobs are the ones that we need to, to, to show extra attention to. Uh, and if, if you take care of the, you know, the folks that that are oftentimes not seen, it might be your night cleaners who come in to, to clean the restaurant. If you take care of them in a, in a, in, in a really compassionate, heartfelt way, then of course you're going to take care of your investors. You're going to take care of your uh, team members you 're going to take care of your customers, but let 's take care of everybody and that's that's part of um developing a conscious culture hmm. um and it's not you know it 's not that it just lives on on the wall as a as a promise but it it has to manifest in in every micro movement um in 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 the business so that it's so that 's real um and then you know I think we have a role to play in in health and wellness. Not that we're we we never labeled ourselves as a as a healthy concept or a health food concept. Um, you know, there's it's okay to have moments of of indulgence, um, and and you should. But uh, on the balance, uh, we we want. To, to help people find better pathways to, to wellness uh, through food, and uh, and and if you're committed to that, um, without being you know sort of preachy or prescriptive, uh, you can really you can really make a difference, um, and, yeah. and 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 make money along the way, uh, so that your that it is sustainable, so that um, you prove you know uh, you prove out that. Uh, it's possible to deliver a great experience at a price that people can access and supports the world that we want to step into. Um, so th- that's what we did with Tender Grains. And that's, you know, when I talk about um, conscious leadership uh, or conscious brands, and, and uh, you know, I, I borrowed that from John Mackey, you know, I didn't mm. invent it. Um, that's what I'm looking at so so I want to help people grow good behavior um, uh, and and those, you know I'm, I'm fairly selective in in who I work with
0: do do you have an example of a brand that you feel like is just doing that really well right now Maybe someone that you're working with or someone that you aspire to work with or you're modeling after
1: yeah I mean I just you know had a had a session with uh, these guys um, out of d c they have uh, one little you know burger concept in in d c and and then they ha- um the, you know they have two in the in the you know in the uh, um, cap center um and then they're also rolling out a a frozen organic um potato c- company like a fry mm. um and it's you know it's fried in avocado oil their sourcing is from regenerative organic potato sources um and and what they're aiming to do is, is show that you can, you you know, on the on the swizzler side that you can you can do better fast food. So people are going to eat fast food, you know, whether there's a burger or fried chicken right. or whatever. Um, but, you know, they use pastured beef, they use pastured chicken, they use organic fries um, and they do it at a price point that, you know, falls pretty close to like an in and out. Yeah. Um and then on on the frozen uh, fry side, uh, CPG side, you know, working with um, zero acres, for example, um, on on uh, you know seedless oil. Um, this is from fermented uh, uh, sugar cane, um, and 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 paying the the extra money to, to do it because um, because it matters. So uh, again very in, in, indulgent, uh, ordinary, um, ing, uh, you know, uh, products that are done, uh, with extraordinary care and to, you know, energize smart guys who, who really, um, walk the walk. So they, they believe in it, they're committed to it. Um, and, and now they're, they're in growth mode. So it's, um, it's groups like that. And I just bring them up as an example because, uh, I was was literally uh, in session with them uh, before this, this recording.
0: Nice. I, I really love that kind of that definition of a conscious brand is sort of compassion is at the center of everything they do across treating people in the supply chain, interactions with customers and how, how you make financial or business decisions. It sounds like what, um, how, how, how do you, how do you, let that scale? I'm not quite sure the right way to ask that, but at a certain point when, when a business gets large enough, or even as tender green started to grow, how, how do you maintain a culture of compassion and maintain a culture of being conscious? Um, when you get, yeah, I, I so think, when, when people, when a, when a, people, you know, when it, a brain starts to, to grow
1: in the foundational belief system and, processes of the business. So, um, you know, with tender greens, the supply chain, for example, is, mm. is so important to the, to the brand that it's, you know, it's one of those things that is always under threat uh, because of various reasons, whether it's, you know, the strains of COVID or uh, supply chain disruption or, or, you know, labor, whatever, you know, there are all kinds of things threatening, um, supply chain integrity. Um, but, you know, I think for any brand, you can't do everything and you can't you, it's it's hard to be pure. Hmm. Um so deciding what you're going to dig into and be uncompromising about and then doing that better than anybody and and then getting, you know, some credit for it. And and one of the reasons you know, I joined Cohere one my you know, my life partner is, is the founder, so that was that was one motivation. But also That helps. Yeah. You know, some something that we never did particularly well, um, almost were avoidant of was 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 amplifying uh the work that we were doing. We we sort of came at at the business from from the kitchen and and believe you know people will taste it they'll feel it they'll smell it they'll sense it they'll just figure it out uh, so we don't really have to scream from the rooftops about what we're doing um almost the opposite of of sweet green which is probably one of the most brilliant marketing groups uh you know brands out there i mean they're just really really good at, at getting credit for what they're doing and and you know they they, 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 they behave properly. Um, you know, so they back it up. They're, they're yeah. not, you know, they're not greenwashing, but, um, you know, we were sort of, the, we were very muted always. And, mm. and I think, you know, I, I probably remain relatively muted as, as, as a person. Um, so, you know, an agency like, like cohere that, uh, was built around helping brands, um, Express themselves, whether it's visually or or, or, or through, you know, through voice, um, through digital cha- channels, et cetera. It's nice to have, you know, a, a dozen um, Gen Zs uh, uh, around you who, who know what channels are relevant, and and can uh, translate a message into something that will resonate uh, with with you know the, the right audience. Um, so, you know, the, the, the power of, of, uh, of, of, of marketing in, in a way that is, is true, is aligned with your actions, I think can be very powerful.
0: So if you, if you could go back to, um, was it maybe 2009 or whatever that, those years were, early 2010s, would you um, be less muted? Well, how would you do that differently then?
1: Yeah, it's it's you know the the world was changing so quickly. You know when we opened, there, the iPhone didn't exist. Yeah, and then you know suddenly you have the the iPhone. You know, it was the it was the BlackBerry, and then you had the App Store, and you had Facebook and social and all this. And we were sort of early users of, of Twitter. It, it was mm. an intuitive tool, but we were late to the game on on uh, on Instagram, and and I think you know we were there was again I'll use sweet green as an example uh, those guys were ten years younger than us so they were they were like digital natives to to social whereas we were we were a little um we were almost aged out <laughs> in a sense um and and i i probably you know if I could go back i'd i'd bring someone in who who could really help us and, and lead us um, in in a way that was true to you know our voice and our culture and our style um, but was savvy enough to you know to compete compete for, with the noise that was you know was happening probably more and you know by two thousand thirteen it seemed like everybody was saying the same thing and mm. and they were getting credit for stuff that we had been doing for years um, so, yeah, I I think we probably would have bulked up our, our team sooner. Um and, and is it really, safe to say yeah. that
0: that's sort of the heart of what Cohere does?
1: Yeah, I and mean, that's what Cohere does. So, you know, the the creative team comes in and and helps brands uh connect with their audience in in a in a thoughtful way uh and and where where I am helpful uh is you know, I'm, I'm sort of the mechanic, I'm the one who goes in and makes sure that uh, the brands are actually doing what they're asking us to, to amplify. Yeah. Um, so that there's not a delta between, um, you know, what, what's being represented and and what's actually happening.
0: Not, not, not to go out too much on a tangent here, but how do you, how do you how do you determine that? (laughs) That seems like a big task to, to come in and discover if there's a delta between what they're what they're saying they do and what they actually do what what does that look like for you
1: uh, we have a series of discovery questions so you know part of that is to to pull out of them what they believe and and what they think they want to to say and and uh, what what is meaningful to them and some of those questions are um, follow ups that that will challenge their statements so mm. you know someone might say well we um you know we 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 purchase the you know the best ingredients possible okay what does that mean yeah right, so qualify that um so you know it, it, what so does that mean like in the in the Swizzler, uh example does that mean regenerative organic uh beef uh or does that mean it's just local and whatever you can get or or somewhere in between um the more you know they can define what it is that they're doing uh the the more we understand how how much we can really celebrate it or or in some cases say yeah we're we're happy to help you with that messaging but you're going to have to refine your your practices because uh, right now you're you know you're kind of you're you're part of the problem
0: Hmm. So it's still, it's an opportunity to still work with them and maybe, maybe help them actually close that Delta. If there is a, if there is a, uh, disparity between what they're wanting to say and what they're actually doing, you guys can help them close that gap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute opportunity to, to, and this is where, you know, nobody's perfect Yeah. at all. So, you know, we approach, you know, every business as, as a, as a process and a, and a journey and, um, yeah many many times i i feel like i'm a therapist to founders you know and and i'm just uh helping them along and sometimes that's tactical and sometimes that's philosophical or, or emotional um and and oftentimes it's also creative uh so where, where wherever the opportunity is and and the uh uh the courage to to change and evolve that's that's where we we're, we're we're helpful and you know again we we don't sit in a in a place of purity we we understand that um there's there's compromise um in in every business and and some of that's related to economics some some of that's related to your customer who just isn't there yet you know they uh, so you you can go 100 percent organic but if if your customer doesn't really care and it it you know it's it's going to cost you a lot I mean, either you care enough to say well i'm going to do it anyway because it's important to me or there there might be hmm. you know some form of compromise there
0: i'd love to hear i mean as you're talking about working with these conscious brands and you're talking about innovation in the and the um supply chain and the food system where what's what's next for you as far as where 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 do you want to be where do you want to take what you're doing now in five six seven years what's I guess the question is, what's the 10-year plan for, uh, for what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I, I have to admit that, you know, the past three years has been a difficult time to, to really think too far ahead. You know, COVID, yeah, uh, I think, caused us all to, to just focus on, on the moment and getting through it, uh, coming out of. Covid um it took a took a while you know yeah. to really understand and i would say you know we're we're living in the new normal and it is e- easier to, to to look ahead you know the the answer broadly speaking is um is is around climate change or um habitat loss mm. um as it relates to to agriculture and food so wherever I can make a positive impact on the environment, whether it's through, you know, agricultural um, choices or supply chain choices, uh, logistics, um, packaging waste. Um, You know, that's, that's really where my my passion is is centered and that's really just an evolution of where i've always been but it's become more intense um and 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 i'll do that through uh policy where i might have have some influence or 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 voice um and through other brands um whether i take an an equity position in it or or i'm i'm just the, the guide on the side nudging folks in a in a direction where um I you know I feel it it serves this higher purpose which is um to provide food that is um earth curing hmm. um I I think we're way past sustainability and we we really need to regenerate rebuild back um whether it's um you know planting more trees or uh or or reducing uh Uh, tillage um and then the second bit is around health and wellness um so i also you know though i use the example of of swizzler which is really fries and burgers and fried chicken it's hardly healthy and they know that um but can you do it in a more healthful way whether it's for the planet or, or 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 yourself um or you know moving more in the direction of plant um plant-centered and not not necessarily i, I don't so much advocate for uh, plant exclusive vegan vegetarian um, sure, though sure. though i i think there's there's a big you know role for it um but how do we get you know more of the plate uh, centered on 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 delicious plants and and less on on animal protein and again not advocating for uh, a full elimination um and then managing anything that's ultra processed um that's ultimately going to result in 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 negative uh you know health outcomes um and that includes you know the the you know the meat analogs like uh, impossible or beyond and um i, I think they have a they, they have a great role to play in the food system but um yeah you know maybe overstated on the promise um uh, so those I, I would say those two buckets are the the big buckets and you know just um deepening the the results that you know from year year over year I'm able to to report that, that we've we're we're making some strides um whether it's more organic uh uh acreage and output um or uh, greater reduction on, on use of pl- single use plastic, uh, which is a bigger thing for me than, than even food waste. Hmm. Um, and that, you know, we start to provide people with alternatives, um, so that they can live a healthier lives um, through food.
0: That's awesome. Um, well, I'm glad that you, uh, um, don't feel like you are muted now (laughs) yes uh yeah i i i hope that we will continue to hear about these efforts because it's so i don't know it's it's important um and it's valuable and it's it's awesome to see you passing on that to other founders kind of even i guess the next generation for lack of um lack of a better way to say it (laughs) to get um to help other people kind of do the same um to take care of our most valuable resource here i uh I also want to ask you one, one more thing you mentioned that you were um, calling from your farm in New Jersey tell me about okay. this farm what are you are you out there are you are you like plowing the earth are you milking cows what are you what are you doing <laughs> over there
1: well it is uh, it it is it, you know it is it is a farm <laughs> uh, we are not farming commercially uh, currently it's very hard to make uh, money uh on a with a commercial a small commercial farm we have we have 12 acres um but we have a very very legit um garden i would say it's nice. a you know, sort of a market market garden and you know we we have ambitions to to specialize mm-hmm. um we've been here three years uh came you know moved from brooklyn to you know, to Princeton, New Jersey, uh, from an apartment to, you know, a, a 12 acre farm and a house that uh, is 300 years old, old nice. stone house. So, um, you know, it sounds a little cliche uh, to to make that journey, but, yeah. uh, you know, it's I, the challenge with, with farming, much like uh, a restaurant is, you know, it, it, it can take many generations to, to figure it out and the the loss of family farms and and the you know the, the the transfer of knowledge from and and land uh you know from one generation to the next is is a shame because it it you know it's hard i mean it, from from year to year the seasons you have a dry year you have a wet year you, you know we farm or you know we grow 100 100 percent organic so there's no no inputs um and uh you know yeah you it, it's it's an ongoing lesson in, <laughs> in failure to be honest but uh but it's also a, a point of passion you um i do a uh a garden walk every every morning with the dogs and nice. it's it's like a walking meditation and um during the growing season it's You know, it's full, full full-time job. It's a lot of work.
0: How often are you, uh, cooking these days?
1: Uh, every day. So we, we, uh, we grow, we are mostly growing for the the house and, you know, trade with, with others. I just had a, uh, a neighbor drop off a a lamb. Uh, so each autumn I I get a a lamb for the, the winter. Um, and you know just knowing where your food comes from, whether it's your own own plot of land or or the neighbors is um is pretty cool so i yeah we we almost always eat in and, and cook in.
0: that's awesome well thank you for uh for the work that you're doing um yeah and for your perspective um i appreciate it and thank you for uh for having a tender greens two miles from my house that uh I, I i get to frequent i i'm a fan so um thanks for thanks for chatting with me and uh look forward to hearing what um what you do next
1: well thanks for having me on and thanks for uh you know continuing to support tender Greens.
0: <laughs> thank you eric